for our first message today. We have a split sermon from Mr. Mark McGarvey entitled, Hate Sin. Mr. McGarvey. Thank you, Rich. Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're having a good Sabbath day. You know, it's interesting. I was um, this morning looking at the neighbors kind of kind of woke me up a little bit. They were doing some yard work and brush work because the people that were living there are moving house. And uh, I'm not sure if they're going to let the house and, you know, let people stay there. But anyway, they were cleaning and making a bit of a racket. I remembered it was just two years ago was when we got hit by the tornado at our place. And our tree fell on their car and crushed their, his pickup truck. So I don't know if you guys remember that. Two years ago, uh, May, end of May 2019. So a night I'll never forget, because that's when I became a true Oak, Okie, right, Oklahoman? So I'm going to start by saying something that is um, both obvious, but also a crucial part of our Christian life. Um, we need to learn to hate sin. A couple of months ago, we came to God, as we always do at the Passover, um, a time to renew ourselves and ask for him to, um, for his mercy and forgiveness. Um, and that was part of our, you know, cleaning house, as it were, um, hating sin and casting it out of our lives. But what does it mean to hate sin? In other words, if we've done something wrong, and, uh, and we feel bad or feel terrible, what are we going to do about it? We need to get down on our knees and ask the holy name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness. But not only that, but we, we want to destroy that action from our life, throw it away to never do it again. A tall task, I know, but with the Holy Spirit, it can be done. So the dictionary definition of the word hate, which I'm using in, in my title here, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary says uh, for hate, quote, a very strong feeling of dislike, intense hostility and aversion, usually deriving from fear, anger, or sense of injury. So hate and hatred is such a common occurrence in humanity that it's almost impossible to find a nation, a race, a system that has not had to deal with it over the last 200 years or so. And the theory or philosophy of hate, the use of it in society, for most of the time, is for the wrong reasons. But you look at the hate of, when you're looking at the way hate is portrayed, and how some people, some nations, um, some organizations have used it. Look at the hate of the Nazis in the World War II towards the Jews, how they debased the Jews. And I remember watching a propaganda documentary that was in a, it's in a documentary, and they, they showed this propaganda documentary that the, the Nazis brought out in the 1930s of how they debased the Jews and made them look like uh, apes and un, unhuman-like, really, really despicable stuff. And a whole people were deceived, you know, the people of Germany. Some went along with it, some approved of it and, and liked it. But Germany in the 1920s and 1930s was a country uh, run down after the First World War and after the, the, uh, 
the League of Nations, what they, they asked the Germans to do, it, it destroyed their economy. And so the 1920s and 30s, they were, they were in need of someone to bring them out of the depression they were in. And unfortunately for them, they got a man who said all the right things, but who had a much darker evil vision for Germany. And Adolf Hitler had an uncontrollable hatred uh, for the Jews, which led to six million of them dying. So whoever we look at, you know, Stalin in Russia, the jihadi terrorists in the Middle East now, hatred is out there and always has been. But again, hatred is being used in the incorrect ways of what I'm talking about here and wrongly directed by humanity and for us. If you look at uh, my first scripture here I want to look at today is in uh, 1 John uh, chapter 3, verses 4 to 6. Let's talk about here uh, John's view on this and uh, a really important scripture to look at. 1 John chapter 3 and verses 4 through 6. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. And that's true. This is a powerful couple. These are a couple of powerful verses. If we read into what is usually or really said here, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. As the, uh, the New King James Version uh, Study Bible says about this, these verses, quote, lawlessness is not the absence of law, but active rebellion against the law. Let me repeat that. Lawlessness is not the absence of law, but active rebellion against the law. Right? End of quote. And verses 5 and 6, we see that Jesus, the Messiah, was sent to save us from our sins. But to do so, he had to be sinless, which he was. He was perfect. The only perfect human being ever. If we abide, believe, follow Christ, then we must not sin. Right? Obviously. It must not be a part of our life, right? If we continue in our sins, then we cannot be truly disciples of Christ. In the sense that we've got to hate sin, despise it, and put an end to it in our lives. Easier said than done, I know. But what about, what about us today as Christians living in America? Now, there are so many ways that Satan entices us to, to do wrong, to sin, the internet, um, TV, movies, and here in the last, especially the last 10 or 15 years, social media in many ways is the worst. Um, now, I've never got into it, probably never will, as bad as I see again. I'm, I'm not on Facebook or um, Twitter, none of that stuff. Because mainly, mainly because my job, I'm a truck driver, didn't need to be, you know. Um, some companies, they, it helps you, your job if you have those, those, uh, those apps and that, that stuff on the side to might make your job easier. But um, it never interested me, never got into it, and I'm glad I didn't, <laughs> right? Because there's, there's a lot of trolls in those things, a breeding ground for hate. And especially here the last five years, especially, it's gotten political too. Um, 
now here in the sense of the last couple of years, really, uh, ever since you know Trump was president, he's now left, how they're almost trying to take away, affect our First Amendment rights. When you start telling us what we can and cannot say on these things that you provided for us, then what are you telling me? What are you, what are you trying to do here? No. This is America. This is not China. This is not the Soviet Union. You know, we have rights. So don't tell me what I have to say, what I have to think. It's not going to happen, okay? Especially a Christian, too, right? It's not happening. So, but, but Facebook, you know, Twitter, TikTok, blah, blah, blah. They have all these crazy names. I can't keep up with them, right? So many of them out there. But in many ways, they're a cesspool, bring ground for hate. They have a lot of good applications, too. Don't get me wrong. They're very useful for organizing events and this, that, and the other thing and, and being in contact with people, but um, no thank you in my books. Um, but as Christians who are trying to lead an honorable and principled lifestyle, we know where the off button is, you know, we, and, <laughs> or how to say no. Okay. When situations get hard to handle, uh, I don't mean we have to think of fluffy bunnies or whatever, don't have to think nice, nice thoughts all the time. But to pray in that instance, when we get in a situation, to pray in that instance, to ask God to help you destroy that thought, get it out of the way. As Jesus told Peter in Matthew 16, 23, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, when you get into a situation, I've been in many situations, or in a, usually in traffic, where you uh, need to stop and think for a moment, right? Say a little prayer before you um, want to flip somebody off or, or do something nasty that you uh, might regret. I see, I see a lot in traffic from other people. And being in, driving a semi around town, it, it's not easy, I know, but you know, give, me, give, me a, give me a break, give me a chance. Right, Robbie? <laughs> give me some space, man. Um, let's look at another scripture here. Um, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Hebrews... Uh, See that thing? Hebrews chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Stay with me here a second. I was trying to look for that switch, for that, that little interior light we have on here, but maybe it's down here. Ah, oh, there we go. That'll help. Okay. Um, okay, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And now this is um, a Paul, you know, who I think is the author of Hebrews quoting from uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 45. But let's read verses 8 and 9 of Hebrews chapter 1. But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So here, you see here, loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Again, going kind of paralleling uh, 1 John chapter 4, what we read a moment ago. God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, hate lawlessness. If we want to reign with Christ in the kingdom, we cannot partake in lawlessness now. God hates lawlessness and sin. We must also, it goes without saying. We've got to know to feel that whenever we sin, 
We're sinning before God. We've got, we've got to want to not let him down because he's watching us all the time. Okay? He sees our every move. And of course, a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, what they don't know won't hurt them. Well, or they won't see it. Well, God sees everything at all times, doesn't he? He is omnipresent, omnipotent, and so on. You can't go into some jungle or forest anywhere and pretend you're hiding. God's, God sees everything, always has done, always will. But we model ourselves on Jesus himself. He lived for, you know, 33 and a half years without sinning, without sinning once. He was tempted, he was tempted, but he, had, but he held firm to the bitter end. We need to hold firm till the end, or our end, which is when Christ returns and we get transformed into spirit beings. But the most important point I want to make today is this. And this, this, is, what it, this is the crux of the matter. This is what it comes down to. Okay. <clears throat> because God hates sin, it can separate us from him. Because he has to separate himself from it, right? He can have no part in it. That is the last thing we want to do. We want to be close to God. We need to want to please him, to do good in his eyes. And that sinning, that causes that division, that separation. We don't want that. Let's look at the book of Isaiah. Um, chapter 59, verses uh, 1 through 3. Isaiah chapter 59, and uh, right towards the end of the book of Isaiah, verses 1 through 3. Some powerful verses here from Isaiah. Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, that he will not hear it. And verse 3, for your, fat, for your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perversity. God will not endorse our sinful ways. He shuts them out from his, his vision in the sense that um, he knows you've sinned, but he will not hear of you trying to justify it. No, it has to stop. And then he'll listen. So we need to hate sin. Sin is contrary to God's holy and perfect nature. It is impossible for God to do anything wrong in that sense. He is the truth. But God hates sin. God really hates sin. We've got to hate sin too. Because sin is a road to darkness, and there's no happy ending down that way. You know, hate can take over someone's life. Hatred of someone, something, can drive people to do terrible things. But everything, anything, can be pardoned by our Lord 
and Savior Jesus Christ if we give ourselves to him. Say, I don't want to live this way anymore. Help me, God. He will fill you with this awesome, glorious Holy Spirit. And it is a tremendous, a tremendous gift, tremendous blessing that he, he has given us that, that glorious Holy Spirit. It really is. And it can give us strength. It can help us through the dark times. So God loves us. And his forgiveness has no limit if we are willing and able to obey him. Look at what happened with King David. Tremendous stories of, uh, of forgiveness for what he did. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. But not only, not only that, he had her husband Uriah killed in battle. So two unbelievable acts of sin. You know, adultery and then not direct murder, but having the guy murdered in the sense of he want him dead. He, he lost his mind with jealousy, David. Lust, all while being the king. He was the king of Israel you know, at the time. Unbelievable. Um, but you know what? He, he repented of it profusely. He pleaded with God to have mercy. He wrote psalms about it. And that's why I want to look at a tremendous psalm that David wrote after these acts. Um, and it's a prayer of repentance. I'm just going to look at a few verses here, but really strong, powerful stuff from David. And I mean, when you want to look at someone who shows you how to, to pray to God and ask for forgiveness, David's a good one to go to in the book of Psalms. So Psalm 51, a prayer of repentance. And here at the top it says, in my, in my Bible, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So let's read Psalm chapter 51. Let's look at verses 1 through 4. First, is that up there? There you go. Okay. Psalm 51, let's begin in verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Uh, tender mercies, sorry. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Now, there's an interesting quote I've got here from the New King James Study Bible on these first four verses, very important. Let's, let's, I'll read this to you. Uh, quote, David had sinned against Bathsheba, Uriah, and the nation he was called to rule. But none of these indictments were as serious as David's offense against God. The first few verses use, use several different words to describe sin. Transgression, iniquity, and sin. The words for forgiveness are all pictorial words, you notice. Blot out, wash, and cleanse. All these words express the seriousness of sin and the great lengths God goes into removing our sin. End quote. Well, that's a very interesting uh, way of, of, of looking at that, very interesting way. 
And let's look at verses 10 through 13 also. Very powerful stuff from David here. Psalm 51, verses 10 through 13. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Some people say, where's the Holy Spirit mentioned in the Old Testament? Right there, David just mentioned it. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. So he wants to ask for God's forgiveness. Then he can go out and tell the world that God does forgive. Please have mercy on me, Lord, and I will spread your glorious word. I will try and do better after this these awful acts that I've committed. Help me to get stronger. Clean me out. And I'll do a great work for you. So David asked for God to create in him a clean new heart. We can do the same too, you know. Like I said earlier, just get down on your knees. If you can't get down on your knees, then, you know, stand and find yourself a, a quiet spot. But pray to God, ask him. He, he will listen to you, really, he will. So as we go about our daily lives in this world, in this current world, United States of America 2021, you know, it, it's a world which loves sin, you know, and promotes sin, pushes it on us. You know, let us fight it off with God's help. He can give us the strength. We've got to hate sin, but we've got to fight the good fight also and pray for a Christ-like spirit of calm and unity.